Let's turn to the Scriptures of 1 Timothy chapter 2. 1 Timothy chapter 2. We'll read the whole chapter, verses 1 through 15. 1 Timothy chapter 2. And uh, beginning in verse 1, these are God's words. I exhort, therefore, that first of all, supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings and for all that are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who will have all men to be saved and to come unto the knowledge of the truth. For there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself a ransom for all to be testified in due time. Whereunto I am ordained a preacher and an apostle. I speak the truth in Christ and lie not. A teacher of the Gentiles in faith and verity. I will therefore that men pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands without wrath and doubting. In like manner also that women adorn themselves in modest apparel, with shamefacedness and sobriety, not with broided hair or gold or pearls or costly array, but which becometh women professing godliness with good works. Let the woman learn in silence, with all subjection. But I suffer not a woman to teach nor to usurp authority over the man, but to be in silence. For Adam was first formed, then Eve. And Adam was not deceived, but the woman being deceived was in the transgression. Notwithstanding, she shall be saved in childbearing if they continue in faith and charity and holiness with sobriety. Those are God's words. Remembering that the Apostle Paul is giving instructions to Timothy regarding the church and the order of the church. He calls on Timothy and therefore upon us and upon ministers to pray, especially to pray through verse 8. Prayer of all sorts of, for all sorts of people, even for kings. Even for kings, you think of that time. Uh, when wicked, their wicked rulers and the Roman government were over them who wanted to put them all to death, even for them, to pray for them, that they would be saved, even for those types of people to be saved. And you see in this chapter the matter uh, of the church, as we're kind of hearing about this morning, the, the matter of the church that Christ shows us under His headship is all about the gospel, and growing in the knowledge of the truth in Christ Jesus, who is the mediator between God and man, and who gave Himself as a ransom to save all who believe on Him. But this even goes to our hearts. Men, we're instructed here, men are to, of all people, should be those who lead in prayer. When we have prayer meeting. The Lord calls you men, especially, to pray, to lift up our hearts to the Lord. And this goes to as also how we dress. The church 
instructions for the church. How do we dress? Ladies, you are to dress modestly, not adorning yourselves with outward apparel to please the eyes of others, rather but adorning yourselves with godliness and good works. You see, godliness is a main theme in this chapter. You see it in verse 2, that we all might live peaceable life in godliness and honesty. You see it again here in verse 10, which becometh women professing godliness with good works. And then you see it in verse 15, not specifically mentioned, but uh, shown in the words used. He's speaking about godliness. We all need godliness. And then women, the submission you are to have in the church under the word. And so women aren't to teach or have authority over a man, but they're to receive the word twice, it says, in silence. And a good question that's always asked is, well, does that mean that the women aren't supposed to sing? No, that doesn't mean you don't sing. It means you are singing with everybody else. But it means that you're not going to teach, you're not going to pray publicly uh, as we're in worship, or you're not going to stand up and start speaking or asking questions. You're to learn in silence. And the reason given goes all the way back to the beginning, to the to the fall, and Adam and Eve, and all that Eve was deceived. That's the second reason given as well. The relationship the Lord established. He made Adam first, then Eve. So it goes all the way back to the beginning, why that is. If you have a problem with that, then you have a problem with God. Then the apostle ends with a great promise and comfort that the submission of women does not hinder you ladies from being saved. If you're in Christ, you live, a, you live godly lives, a life of godliness, and your duties in marriage and life, that's what he's saying there in verse 15, then you'll be saved. Uh, finally, right? That you'll be uh, those of you who believe that leads to good works, fruit in your life, and uh, that will lead to salvation. And then, friends, as we think of the whole chapter again, put on godliness. That's the big message here. Put on godliness. The church is to be godly. And a godly church, we see a major thing here, is a praying church. A godly church is a praying church. You want to measure how godly we are and look at how we pray. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we're thankful for Your Word. We're thankful that You are the God who grants us by Your Holy Spirit a new heart, a new will, that we might be believe as You give us the gift of faith by grace. And upon believing, we are justified, we're made righteous in your sight only for the righteousness of Christ that is imputed, credited to us, and received by faith alone. And you adopt us into your family, and you make us to be one with you, having no longer the devil as our father, but now you, Lord Jehovah, as our father. And being adopted, you sanctify us, and you produce in us by your spirit and grace good works. And we pray that You would produce in us more good works. 
a greater faith so that more good works would be brought about, more fruit, also that your name would be praised more and more because we desire your glory. And we pray that when we continue in godliness, we pray that you would work in us greater godliness. We ask that as we continue in godliness and live a life of godliness, that you would, upon our last breath, save us unto eternity, perfecting our hearts to be perfectly holy. And as we wait for our bodies in the grave to be resurrected. And so, Father, we ask that You would do Your great work to glorify Your people at the right time by sending Your Son again in the second coming in which we can exalt in Him all the more and even hope now in as the resurrection of our bodies being raised up from the graves and uniting with our souls in the great glorification and uh, unity that we still have, body and soul. Father, now we ask that You would, as we pray, that You would make, especially the men, but all of us, children, women, men, make all of us to be godly. Make all of us and grow us in prayer. Make us to be men, women, and children of prayer. And Father, we we plead that You would, in sanctifying us, we pray for the salvation of many throughout the world. Many we come in contact with at work, every day in our family, and those are neighbors. And throughout the nation, our governors, our rulers over us in our city, county, state, and our nation. And pray for their salvation. Pray that You would turn their hearts to You. That You would cause them to bow the knee to Christ. That those who rule, that they would covenant with Christ in their ruling. And cause the nation, the state, to be united to Christ under His authority. I pray that You would make our rulers, our governors, and city councilmen, to rule according to Your law and the principles that we learn from Your law. And yet today we see so much wickedness. We see so much greediness and man-centered ideas and rules and laws. And now... In our time, uh, justice, in which there was justice, some justice previously, justice is diminishing more and more. Where the laws of our nation and state and local level used to be somewhat close to or closer to your law, that's fading. 
And so what we see, of course, now is our nation and state and all these fading more and more away from you. More and more lawlessness. More and more evil and wickedness outwardly. And Father, we pray that you would turn this nation back to you. Even through its leaders. Through the gospel being proclaimed to them. And so that when we come in contact with them, we pray that we would be faithful to proclaim it. No matter how weak we might think we are or how much we think they'll listen. It matters not, but that we would be faithful and call our rulers to repentance and sinners to Christ. And uh, so, Father, make us to be godly and to be uh, to grow in faith and prayer. And Father, we pray for the men and women here, husbands and wives, children. That you would make us godly men, and the women, we pray that you would make them godly women. That they would follow after you and the commandments you have given to each one in accordance with how you made them and your providence. And we see much waywardness as it has to do with men and women in our day. That men want to be women and women want to be men. Thus denying your good providence. Denying their Creator. And doing exactly what Romans 1 says, being given over to themselves. And that in judgment. And Father, we know that our nation surely deserves judgment. But Father, we pray and plead that You would show mercy. Even to the wicked, we pray that You would show mercy. And You would give them Your Word. Somehow, give them Your Word that they would hear and believe unto salvation in Christ. Father, we are thankful for Your church, Your bride which is purified, being purified. You dress her up in white, cleanse her by Your blood. And as we think of the bride today, we think of looking around this evening and this morning how few people are here because of sickness. And we pray and plead that You would heal Your people. We pray that You would grant to each one Strength in body and strength in soul. So grant by Your grace being poured out faith and trust in Your plan. Grant to us each hope. Hope of what is to come, of all Your promises that we would trust, even as bleak as the world might seem and even the church might seem. Father, give us hope in Your promises. And this week, make us to be exhaustive in our examining of our souls and hearts and lives. That You would work in us a greater faith 
and as we turn to You from our sins, and as we see with our eyes and taste and smell and hear the words of the good news and the great offer of salvation in Christ alone and about His sacrifice for us, we plead that You would strengthen us in faith by Your grace and You would pour out Your blessing upon us and show us Your power. Help us to know that You are present with us and that You have not left us nor forsaken us. And again, we're thankful for Your promise in which You say You will never leave us nor forsake us. So help us to know that and uh, that we would feel Your presence experientially. And all these things we plead for Your mercy and Your grace, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.